Welcome to the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, Matthew Betts and Matt Okada. Welcome in to the Week 12 Game Preview Show of the Red Shirts Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host for the evening, Matthew Betts, a.k.a. The Fantasy PT, joined as always by Matt Okada, a.k.a. at Matt Okada on the Twitter. Okada, what's going on tonight, my man? Uh, All kinds of interesting stuff, Betts. It is raining down here in Southern California, which... If you've never been in Southern California when it rains, it's a whole adventure because no one knows how to deal with it. Everyone drives like an idiot and the traffic is bad. Not that it's not already bad. (laughs) I was going to say, is that any different than day-to-day life down there? No, it's just worse. Uh, But yeah, we're very incompetent when it comes to rain. So there's that. Uh, Also, I just had this random... Actually, you know, when it happened was when I was filling in the teams on by this week and the Cardinals were on by and I was like... You know what? I feel like checking in on my boy Kyler Murray. Oh, Did you know me. that he has the fourth most points among quarterbacks in fantasy? I did know that. I actually season. was looking that up today in prepping for the show, and I actually thought of you as soon as I came across his name. Let's um, go. Yeah, man. Kudos to you. Like that article you put out in the offseason was uh I think one of the most comprehensive like arguments as to how he could succeed in the NFL and clearly um you were right on there man he's been he's been killing it and some of his throws that I've seen you know just watching like you don't have to look at the numbers just watch the kid play like he's going to have success in the NFL and definitely is going to be a player we're going to be talking about a lot uh moving forward here on the on the show so yeah man uh love that he's doing well for you out there in Arizona yeah just had to give him a little shout out since he won't be in the games today or on the Patreon pod he's on by get your rest Kyler uh, still your start of the week, though, I assume? Of course, always. Yes, always. Hashtag always Kyler. Yes. Um, all right, everyone. Let's get into the content of tonight's show. We are going to preview all of the 1 o'clock games as well as the Thursday night football games. Uh, but before we do, as we always do, we start the show with Betts' big question in Okada. Here is what I have for you. Which player that has a pretty favorable matchup this week is going to disappoint fantasy owners or is more likely to bust? Three options. We have Jameis Winston against the Atlanta Falcons. The New York Giants are defending Allen Robinson. We'll see how he does. And then Kenny Galladay going up against the Washington Redskins. So all three of those guys have really solid matchups on paper. Who is the player that is more likely to bust this week? Yeah, this is a, this was kind of a tough one because I know that there's a lot of buzz around Jameis Winston potentially being a bust because of what we've seen from the Falcons' defense recently. Um, after I don't know what has happened to them, something apparently they've woken up. Uh, but Winston has been very productive for fantasy despite his couple games with obviously a lot of interceptions, which is something you're going to get from him a lot. He has one of the longest streaks of games with a touchdown. Uh, he's throwing for more yards than anyone, if not almost anyone. I think maybe one person has more on a per-game basis among QBs off the top of my head. But I just think that the production is there. The Falcons' defense has had some great games, but I think they can still be beat. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say he's safe. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the game. But 
I'm going to go with Allen Robinson. And it's primarily because we have a choice between a quote-unquote injured Mitch Trubisky. Really questionable. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Which is terrible because a healthy Mitch Trubisky has been bad. Or Chase Daniel, which is a sideways move. I don't know. Maybe a slight upgrade. But from what Trubisky's been, that's not even saying anything. I don't think he's going to have a good game. I think this is going to be an ugly game, which we'll talk about also briefly. Uh, I'm going to go with him as my bust of this crew. Yeah, that's what the majority of people voted on as well. Allen Robinson getting 54% of the vote. The uh, matchup on paper is awesome for Allen Robinson. I think I'm with you in that he is definitely up there, but I'm leaning Jameis Winston in this matchup. I don't know what it is with this defense in Atlanta, but the numbers in the last two weeks are amazing compared to the first eight or nine weeks of the season. Over the past two weeks, they are the the defense and special teams number three in fantasy points, uh, as opposed to being 31st before their bye uh, from weeks <laughs> one to 10. So it's been crazy how much of a turnaround they've had. And it's not even the fact that I really believe in this defense being just like completely revamped after one week off. Um, I just think, man, Jameis Winston, like, I don't know what the line is set at when you look at sports wagering and gambling, but it has to be like minus 300 odds to to have him throw an interception in every single game and if you're telling me i'm going to get at least one of those um in this matchup with probably more like two or three with how much they throw the ball uh there's definitely worse plays at the defensive position so i think Jameis winston for me man i'm just super nervous about him and to be honest with you about his future in the nfl and it pains me to say that because i had to desperately trade for him in our dynasty league that you and i play in together with you, you traded him to me. Uh, yep. We made a made a deal there. I needed a quarterback in a super flex league. So, um, yeah, it pains me to say it, but I'm nervous about Jameis. We'll talk about him in more detail here soon. Before we get into the content of tonight's show, a reminder to everyone, you can find us online at redshirtsfantasyfootball.com. We've got articles going up every single day. Quarterback streamers article just went up today on Wednesday from Steven Pintado. So if ra- waivers ran for you, you still need a quarterback to play. Go ahead and snag that article. Check it out. Uh, it's awesome. You can find our rankings on there as well and, and a lot of good uh, good content there You know, from our staff. They have been crushing it all season long. There is actually no news for tonight's show. There's It's been kind of quiet recently, and we're going to talk about all the injuries when we go through each of the game previews. So, Okada, without thir- further ado, let's kick it off with Thursday Night Football. We have the Colts taking on the Houston Texans in what will be a rematch of a playoff game from January last year when these two teams met. Let's start on the Colts side of the ball because there's some injuries that we have to talk about for sure. T.Y. Hilton is officially listed as questionable coming off of a calf strain. He's missed about a month with that injury. So for me, you know, just kind of speaking to that real quick, I don't even know how effective he's going to be because he hasn't practiced at all when you talk about actually being in practice doing some of the things that you have to do as a wide receiver because on these short weeks, as you know, Okada, they don't really do much. Like it's just walkthroughs. They try to keep people, you know, fresh and healthy. So I don't know what he's been doing on the side in terms of his rehab, but I'm nervous about him in this game. I, I, I just want to see it first before I can really trust him there. And then the other injury to talk about is Marlon Mack. And we'll break down the running backs here in more detail. But just a reminder to everyone, Marlon Mack out probably two to three weeks with a fracture in his hand. Um, but Okada, let's let's start there. Let's start with the running backs. 
There's a lot of buzz about Jonathan Williams. He was one of the top waiver ads at the running back position. If he does end up being the lead guy in this matchup, are you willing to start him? Uh, I am going to be willing to start him, Bets. It's not going to be with tons of joy, but the Colts run game we know has been extremely productive. Obviously, Mac very, very good. Uh, we saw that last week. He's just a really talented runner, so that does you know, contribute to that. But the Texans' run defense has been awful since J.J. Watt went down and also not great overall since they lost Clowney. And by lost, I mean got rid of. Um, who was a good run stopper. So I think that this team can be gashed on the ground. I think they can be gashed pretty much everywhere from the defensive side. Um, so I think that there's a good chance that not only Williams, but also Naheem Hines has a good game. Uh, not having Hilton around, the lack of production we've really seen from Pascal means that Hines could be a go-to in the passing game as well. I think this is going to be an offensive game for sure. So I'd, I'd probably be willing to roll out Williams in any format and Hines in a PPR type uh league now jordan wilkins is the other running back on this depth chart we got to talk about him because he was out last week and that's why we saw jonathan williams kind of burst on this to the scene after the injury to marlon mack who he did well you got to give him credit 14 touches he went over 100 yards but jordan wilkins is normally the the backup running back he has been out he's been battling an ankle injury but he got a full practice in today and was removed from the injury report so he's going to play on thursday is that enough of a, a damper on Jonathan Williams? Should we be more hesitant because of that? Um, I mean, it's it's for sure not a situation where we have a locked and loaded, you know, RB one because it's not Mac anymore and it's going to be a little bit more cloudy. But I don't think we've really seen much from Wilkins in his short career enough to uh, suggest that he'll take you know the primary work after Jonathan Williams looked so good so I think Williams gets the first crack and I think he runs well and that means I don't imagine the Wilkins will take much I don't see a reason for them to split it up between the two necessarily if Williams is playing well yeah give him the first crack at it and basically we'll see how he does I will just say real quick on Naheem Hines with his pass catching role I mean the Texans man they are giving up receptions like crazy to running backs, the most in the NFL, 76 on the year. So mm. if things don't go well on the ground for this offense, you could see them maybe lean more towards Naheem Hines. We will see. Uh, let's kick it over to the quarterback, Jacoby Reset. Definitely had a down week uh, last week, but this week he gets to face the Houston defense, who we know they can be gashed through the air. Um, you know, eight out of 10 quarterbacks on the season have finished as a top 10 fantasy QB against the Houston Texans. So certainly on paper, you like that matchup. Personally, I like Brissett a lot more if Hilton does actually play. I think his upside is a little bit more limited with Hilton out. But certainly on the streaming radar for this week, would you agree? Yeah, I would say streaming radar. He honestly has not been as good. He's had like one good game in his last four or five, um, as well as obviously the game he got injured. But this defense is good enough that, and he is okay enough that he falls into the streaming radar. I wouldn't say a high QB one, but he's startable. Yeah, I've got him in my initial ranks at QB 13. So he's right there. I think he's definitely in consideration uh, for sure. On the pass catching side of the ball, we, we touched on T.Y. Hilton for, you know, I think just based off your, your options on your bench, like if he's active, I think you probably have to start him based yeah. off the player that he is and the upside that this matchup brings. But how about Zach Pascal? I mean, He's been disappointing, to say the least. Poo -poo. Less than 30 yards receiving in three of his last four games. Yeah, it it hasn't been reliable enough, honestly, to 
throw him out in my starting lineup, I don't think. Like, I'd rather start Ebron in a flex at this point than Pascal, I think. Um, so, unless I'm super desperate, I'm leaning away. Yeah, I actually like Ebron a lot in this matchup. You talked about it, you Same. know, with him kind of being the, the quote-unquote wide receiver two there. The strong safety for the Houston Texans, Justin Reed, is going to miss this game with a concussion. So, certainly that matchup could get easier. Um, so, yeah, I, I like Eric Ebron in this matchup. On the Texans side of the ball, uh, Deshaun Watson, you're starting him. We talked about it in previous episodes. I think last week, actually, you and I chatted, and you were like, man, I've got him at four or five or whatever it was. I'm still rolling with him. And I was like, I don't know, man. That defense in Baltimore is good. They could really limit his upside. And we saw that last week You know, in fantasy. Obviously, the team only put up seven points. This is another situation where I'm tempering expectations, but I still have him in my lineup. But you go back to the playoffs last year. I mean, this this Colts defense has had Watson's number, giving up just 235 yards in that game, one touchdown and a pick. So in previous seasons, he hasn't finished as a QB1 when he's faced this defense. Uh, Deshaun Watson, though, I would assume you still have him as a top 12 play. Yeah, he's going to be a top 12 play. Um, the Colts defense, I think, not quite as good this year as it was last year. It was It really came on strong towards the end of last year. So I think Watson can be good. I think he'll have a bounce back game after, wow, that was bad against the Ravens. Um, Yeah, he'll be probably even top eight, top seven or so for me once my rankings are done. Yeah, and if there's one thing we know about Deshaun Watson, I mean, the dude takes his craft so seriously. We saw him a few weeks ago, uh, probably more like a month and a half ago, honestly, at this point, where he was just out on the field after that loss, um, really beating himself up and working hard. So I would, if I'm betting on Watson to either have a good game uh, or a bad game in this matchup because of the fact that it was down last week. He should bounce back for sure. Um, let, let's briefly touch on the running backs because they're honestly not very inspiring. Uh, Carlos Hyde gets tons of work on the ground, does not catch the football. This Colts defense allowing just 3.06 yards per carry over their last three games. So, you know, Hyde, basically, you need to find the end zone to be fantasy relevant in this matchup. Uh, anything else you want to add there for Carlos Hyde? No, I think that pretty much nails it. And Duke Johnson, we've touched on week after week. I mean, the volume just isn't there. Um, how lucky do you feel about him finding the end zone is really what it comes down to in this matchup uh, for Duke Johnson. As far as the pass catchers in Houston, obviously you're starting DeAndre Hopkins without question. Will Fuller, however, looks like he is going to play in this in this matchup. His first game back from his week seven hamstring strain if you've listened to the podcast before, you have heard me talk about it. I don't know that I need to go in a ton of detail, but I'm nervous about Will Fuller in this matchup. Um, Okada, what are you? Uh, what are you feeling there with Will Fuller? Yeah, I think we talked about last week. If we if he came back, would we feel okay putting him out there? And we said no. And I think the same thing applies here. I would have to see a full game from him, uh, running full, you know, Will Fuller speed, and staying healthy before I'm willing to really rely on him in a lineup. Uh, and unfortunately, we haven't really seen any of the other guys there step up to fill in. So I don't feel great starting Stills, QT, anyone besides obviously D Hop. I have one minor disagreement, and that's if Will Fuller plays. I actually do like Kenny Stills in this matchup. Mm. The reason being is he would move back into the slot, and the Colts defense, like they play a ton of zone, so their their defense is set up to basically prevent deep shots down the field which even if Willow Fuller plays, sets up poorly for him. I think that opens up a lot of underneath work for Kenny Stills. So he's kind of a sneaky play for me, but only if Will Fuller's active uh, in this game. The tight ends, man, it's tough because 
Darren Fells has been, uh, you know, in that poopy tight end tier that we always talk <laughs> about. But Jordan Akins ran more routes than Fells over the last two weeks. So, yeah, I mean, he's fine. You're hoping for a touchdown. I don't know if we can really say much more than that. Yeah, right now he's slipping towards the back end of the polished turd tier, whereas <laughs> for a little while there he was up in the middle of it with the yardage he was getting on top of his touchdowns. But 19 yards in the last two games combined, so that's not great. Yuck. All right, man, anything else on this game, or you want to move over to the Bucks and Falcons? Ugh, if it was any other game coming up, Bets, I might say let's stick around, but this one's exciting, so let's go. Yeah, this is. I think this is the best game for fantasy on the slate. Like this could turn into like a sixty-point um, shootout back and forth if the Falcons' defense of old shows up. Which, for fantasy purposes, I kind of hope they do. We talked about the Jameis Winston uh, matchup here at the top of the show, so I don't really want to go into too much detail here, other than the fact that you know, listen, he throws for a ton of yards, like you said. He still has elite wide receivers in Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. You know what you're going to get from from Winston. It might be a three-touchdown game, but it'll be two picks or at least one pick. Um, so I'm still comfortable starting him, but certainly you know, you have to put a blindfold on and or don't watch the game to see what happens here. One thing I will say quickly about injury updates for Jameis, he did have that mild right high ankle sprain last week, and you could definitely see his mobility was affected. So that's something to, to look out for here in this matchup. You know, he, he's a guy that... He's just not a good enough quarterback to be able to manage that and get around it like someone, uh, let's say like a, an Aaron Rodgers, like he has those knee injuries and he battles it and gets around it and still performs. That could really affect Winston in this game. So we'll see what happens on that front. Um, let's kick it over to the running backs uh, for the Bucks. Ronald Jones, I think, is the guy that you're starting if you're going to start one guy. But real quick, man, like, what are your thoughts on this situation? Because I think two weeks ago, we said, you know, he's got these matchups coming up. Like, he could take control of the backfield, and it could work and actually become something. And then we saw him get outsnapped 43% to 30% by Daria Okumbawale last week. Um, I just don't see the upside. Any interest in Ronald Jones? No, honestly not at all. Um, the only place where I kind of feel solid starting Ronald Jones is in a game I know the Buccaneers are going to win because he's going to be there kind of uh, thumper ball carrier and Ungun Bawale comes out more for pass catching work and I don't oh, I, I, there are very few teams the Buccaneers play that I feel confident about them winning so <laughs> this is not one of them and yes. uh, Ronald Jones will be squarely on my bench yes fair enough I'm with you on that uh, we don't really need to talk about Mike Evans or Chris Godwin I don't I don't think too much you know Godwin got off to that fire like absolutely fire start to the season, and I think he's kind of been under the radar a little bit more recently. But I just want to let everyone know the slot receivers against the Falcons are absolutely dominating. 715 yards against the slot this year, and seven touchdowns through uh, you know the, the latter half of the year. So this defense is getting shredded in the slot. I think Chris Godwin goes nuts in this game, but you're starting both those guys regardless. Um, yep. Man, I didn't. I honestly didn't think it could get worse for O.J. Howard, Okada. Like, I literally thought we've seen rock bottom. And he went one layer below with that stupid behind-the-back attempt oh catch. Oh, my gosh. Which landed in the defender's lap. Uh, last week, if you missed it, there was a play where Howard tried to catch the ball. Right at his numbers, perfectly thrown ball by Winston. And he tried to, like, corral it, and it got stuck behind his back. And he still tried to catch it, and he popped it up in the air, and the defender caught it. So he was benched 
last week. We saw Cameron Brait come in for 14 targets. Okada, are you interested in Cameron Brait in what should be a pretty high-scoring affair? Ooh, this is a little tough because I think Cameron Brait could probably be a little bit of fool's gold. I mean, 10 receptions last week, That's like a that was a tight end franchise record for them. I don't expect we see that again. Uh, it was a very odd situation. Having said that, I would start him over O.J. Howard at this point, um, which kind of gets him into the low to mid range of the polished turd tier. Um, but he's not, you know, in my top eight or seven range. I don't think he's going to just be right around that tight end one turn. Uh, so flexible, startable if you need to, but not great. How about this? Uh, Cameron Brait or Ryan Griffin, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. Ooh. Oh, that's a pretty big toss-up. I think I might go Ryan Griffin. I'm with you there. I've got Brait at 11, so definitely startable. Um, but you're hoping, again, for he and Jameis Winston to continue to work magic in the end zone. So we'll see what happens on that front. On the Falcons' side of the ball, we've talked about the defense you know, really surging as of late. But the story has not changed on offense. It is still super predictable, which is great for fantasy. Um, let's start with Brian Hill because he was the guy that everyone was on last week. You and I both had him as like a top 15, 16 play. And man, did he look terrible. And honestly, you know, retrospect is, of course, hindsight 2020. But maybe it was a little silly of us to look at that and say, okay, here comes this waiver wire ad. Like, we're super excited about him because of the matchup against Carolina. Looking back, like Devontae Freeman has done nothing on the ground this year, so maybe it was a little bit silly of us to expect that from Brian Hill uh, last week. Any interest in Hill going back to him this week after I set him up perfectly here uh, against the Bucks defense, who is very stout on the ground? Yeah, not even a little bit. Um, if he couldn't do anything against that Carolina D, I don't think he's going to do, do anything against this Bucks D, which is definitely much better from what we've seen so far this season. Last week, yeah, unfortunate. He got 15 carries, too, and he just didn't do anything with it. I, It was odd and unfortunate, uh, especially after we hyped him up. But even if he if he had a good matchup this week, I would consider him. But with with the Tampa Bay D being what it is on the ground, I'm going to stay away pretty easily. Yeah, I am 100% with you. I actually dropped him uh, in a couple of leagues to pick up some other players because, I mean... He's like a he's a waiver wire bomb at this point. Let someone else pick him up and try to play him. It is not going to be pretty in this matchup. But that is going to be a different story for Matt Ryan and his pass catchers. I love, love, love all these guys. Um, who do you want to start with? You want to start with the receivers? Uh, sure. Start all of them. Yes. Perfect. Moving on. Um, <laughs> real quick, Julio Jones is catching a touchdown this week. He yes. has not had a touchdown reception since week three. And I would say he and Odell Beckham are the two biggest screaming touchdown regression candidates uh right now at the receiver position so love him to score this week and you know calvin ridley for sure is a, another great spot i think both these guys are going to blow up i haven't finished rankings yet but i'm going to have both inside the top 15 for sure uh what about you yeah i definitely feel strongly about both guys julio gonna be probably uh i was i would say he's gonna be in my top five this week and ridley also will be squarely in wide receiver two range so you're rolling both out there. Yep, and as a result, we both like Matt Ryan as well. Um, only Arizona has allowed more touchdown passes to opposing quarterbacks this season, so the passing attack should be full go here in this matchup. Uh, anything else to add on Matt Ryan? 
No, I mean, he'll probably be in my top three, honestly. I haven't finished my rankings yet, but he's going to be an elite play this week, and I'm very excited to throw him out there wherever I can. All right, man, that does it for that matchup. We will be quick on the next two because, oh, this is going to be so exciting to talk about the Broncos and the Bills mm. and then the Giants and the Bears. Uh, yuck. Let's start with the Broncos and Bills. The Broncos coming off a colossal collapse against the Vikings last week. Uh, we'll start with the quarterback play. It's still going to be Brandon Allen, it looks like, going up against the Bills defense that ranks top 10 in sacks. The Broncos are bottom 10 in sacks allowed, so I would expect him to be under pressure a ton, really affecting his passing production and uh, his output overall for fantasy. So certainly, you know, deep, deep, deep two-quarterback play, but outside of that, nothing more. Quilton Sutton, I mean, I think he's going to be okay in this matchup. I, I got to be honest with everyone. You know, he's a guy that I was just like, I don't see it happening. The upside isn't there. This no-name guy, Brandon Allen's coming in, and Quilton Sutton has just balled out. Um, took Xavier Rhodes to school last week. Looked really, really good. Has he earned every week starter consideration for you, Okada? Yeah, I think he's earned every week starter uh, potential, at least. I don't think he's, you know, putting himself in the top 15 every week. I think that it's a little bit matchup dependent probably for him. And, he, and we haven't seen extreme upside really yet. He's had a very nice baseline. He had 113 yards last week. Um, so that was really nice to see. But I don't think we've seen like a massive top uh, five week, or we, at least we haven't seen that in any sort of consistency. So that kind of keeps him out of that elite range. But yeah, no, he's a starter every week, even in this tough matchup. He's gonna. This is probably going to be one of the lowest he gets ranked for the rest of the season. Tredavious White is not the matchup you want, and I still think he'll be back-end wide receiver too. Yeah, I think I've got him there as well. My initial ranks have him at 25, so he's on that fringe wide receiver two status. For the running backs, it was mostly a timeshare that was 50-50, but we saw last week things change. Philip Lindsay outsnapped Royce Freeman 65% to 29%. Um, got double the amount of work as far as carries and touches. 18 total touches to 9 for Lindsay versus Freeman. So it's definitely trending in the direction that uh, is more of a Philip Lindsay type of game. I like Philip Lindsay in this matchup, actually, because of the fact that the Bills have given up 10 all-purpose touchdowns to running backs, 14th most fantasy points to the position, so it's not entirely scary on paper. I assume you will have Philip Lindsay ranked higher than Royce Freeman. Yes, I definitely will, and I think I'll actually have Lindsay reasonably high this week. I think that the bill, the way the Bills are playing, the Broncos are going to be losing this game, and despite the fact that we haven't seen much from Lindsay uh, from a pass-catching perspective recently, we know that he can do that. He started the season with Three straight games with four catches, four of his first five, um, and had really good yardage in all those games. And then we haven't seen him have uh, even 20 yards receiving in his last any of his last five games. So it's been a weird transition away from him as a pass catcher. I think they're going to go back to it at some point. Um, he's got the talent to do it, and I think this could be a game we see it. So he's definitely above Freeman, and he'll probably still be in my RB2 range. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Uh, Noah Fant... You know, he's seen 15 targets, which is great, but no tight end has cleared 50 yards against Buffalo. So this is a battle of volume versus what the defense takes away. I'm not really on Fant this week. He's outside of my top 12 tight ends. Uh, anything you want to add there for Noah Fant? No, I think that's about right. Alrighty, On the Bills' side of the ball, Josh Allen has been awesome in the past month. 
He's a top five quarterback in terms of fantasy points in that time span. But you're looking at a a game where the over-under is 37 points. So Vegas is expecting lots of defense in this matchup. And the the Broncos' defense has only allowed one QB1 finish on the year. Are you willing to play Josh Allen? Yes, I am willing to play Josh Allen. The primary reason is the best way to avoid an elite fantasy defense as a quarterback is to not be a normal fantasy quarterback. And Josh Allen is that. He is a guy who's going to make anywhere from 5 to 10 of his fantasy points, which can easily be more than half of his weekly output, on the ground as opposed to through the air. And I think that when you've got an elite uh, quarterback defense or elite pass defense, if you've got a guy who can run around on them, score a touchdown in the red zone through his with his legs, it really helps mitigate that you know tough matchup. So I feel totally fine rolling Allen out there. He'll be a QB one for me for sure. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I'm nervous about it. I feel like the play of Josh Allen recently has just been so good that I think we're expecting that to continue and and I don't know about you but I've kind of been in this mindset like you know just look at what he did last year you know look at the last month like he was just the guy you you played him he was the quarterback one in fantasy over the last month of the season and I feel like I still have that mindset so maybe it's just me but I feel like we're not going to get that this week in this matchup because of the fact that it's a low over under and the Broncos like I said you know are, are great against the position um I'm nervous about John Brown after what we saw last week the dude exploded which was great but we're talking about Chris Harris Jr. here. I Man, Brown's good, but Chris Harris is better, in my opinion. So <laughs> I think he'll shut him down. And when you look at the what he what else he has, like, are you telling me Cole Beasley is going to be able to elevate him in his game? He has to get it done on the ground to be relevant this week for Josh Allen. Uh, on the running backs here, Devin Singletary is definitely the lead back here. He's out-touching Frank Gore each of the past three weeks. He played a season-high 73% of the snaps last week. But uh, I just feel like there's no ceiling for, for Devin Singletary. You know what I mean? Like, Gore's still there. He's getting some work, 10 touches a game or so. And then we talked about it. Josh Allen, he can rush the ball inside the 20. So Singletary, man, I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I want to have him higher in my rankings than I actually do. But I just don't know that this is going to be the week or the year that it actually comes to fruition. Uh, what's your temperature on Singletary? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good way of putting it, um, because for whatever reason, maybe because they want to get him the uh, over Barry Sanders in the all-time rushing records, they refuse to go away from Frank Gore. Uh, he had 11 carries last week to Singletary's 15, and had 27 yards to Singletary's 75. <laughs> like, how do you see that and not shift that carry split more? Um, but they they seem. I don't know, resistant to doing it. So until we see that, and then obviously also with Josh Allen, like you said, getting five to ten carries a game and vulturing a ton of touchdowns, that also does limit some of that. So Singletary, he kind of feels a little bit like John Brown, actually. He's going to be good every week. He's going to have, you know, 50-plus yards every week. Um, I think he's going to be startable as a flex for sure, maybe RB2 pretty much every week, but you may not ever get to see a top five finish or even a top 10 finish until we see less from Gore. Yeah. If I was a coach and I saw that production, I'd be like, yeah, listen, Frank, why don't you just hang out here on the sideline? Give this guy some pointers, show him the way. We'll (laughs) give you a goal line touch every once in a while. 
Um, yeah, it, it is frustrating for Singletary owners. I think he's a play like if you need 10 to 12 points, he's your guy. If you need yep. 20 and you need an explosion, it's not going to happen nope. for Devin Singletary. Um, not too much that I have in my notes to discuss in this game. Anything for you? No, that's pretty much all of it. All right. A riveting Giants and Bears matchup is next on the dock. Giants are coming off of the bye. Let's talk about a couple injury updates. Evan Ingram, I talked about it on the recap show on Monday, is now out of the boot with his foot sprain. I don't think we see him in this matchup. I think he's at least another week to two weeks away. So you'll see Red Ellison probably in this matchup against the defense, giving up the eighth most fantasy points to tight end. Any interest at all in going back to Rhett the Jet, which I have now termed his nickname, oh uh, at all there, Okada? Uh... Very little interest, Betts. Um, he probably falls even just behind the polished turd tier. Uh, I would really rather find something else. But if you you know need a desperate second tight end because you're already bad tight ends on buy or you're going for the cheapest possible DFS play, it's not horrible. He'll probably get some targets, but that's about it. Yes, totally agree. Uh, Daniel Jones has been really good actually of late and has really surprised me with his production showing us his upside with some four touchdown games but in this matchup against the Bears that are giving up the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks he will be far far away from my top 12 rankings Uh, anything different from you no Uh, no thank you on Daniel Jones this week no thank you uh, Golden Tate, I actually kind of like, despite us not liking Daniel Jones. I think Golden Tate will do enough. He won't ruin your week. I think he'll be fine as like a PPR wide receiver three type of play. Um, his target count has been really good leading up to their bye week. 10, 6, and 8 targets in his past three games. And you know who he's going up against, Okada? Uh, Mr. Screen. Who is trash. Not good. <laughs> not good at all. So Tate, I think, will succeed, but I don't know if there's enough from Jones to really make him uh, viable there in fantasy. Um, Saquon Barkley, you are starting, obviously. Anything else on the Giants' side of the ball? Um, No. Obviously, Darius Slayton had a huge game last time we saw them back in Week 10. There's a chance he gets some targets and is okay, but if this was a worse defense, I'd feel better about putting him back out there. With this D, I'd rather just stick with Golden Tate and Saquon, like you said. All right, man. And then on the Bears side of the ball, we've talked about uh, a little bit at the top of the show, Mitch Trubisky's uh, quote-unquote injury to his hip. And, and I actually do think he is dealing with a hip pointer, so I'm kind of being you know, uh, joking. But he did take a shot to the side of his, his pelvis, kind of right where those muscles attach on to the top of the pelvis and that is what a hip pointer is it's a bruise to those tendons and muscles usually it takes about a week or two to recover Uh, anything more than that is not actually a hip pointer so I think Trubisky if he plays in this matchup will be a little limited but I think he'll be okay as far as health uh, to the point where we probably can't blame any performance on injury that's for sure but he did practice in full today on Wednesday so it is looking like he will play on paper it's a great matchup. The Giants giving up the ninth most points to quarterbacks. Um, do I even have to ask? Are you at all interested in Mr. Whiskey? <laughs> you do have to ask, Bez, because the defense is terrible and we've seen him be okay before. And 
I'm starting him in a super flex this week. Oh, no. Yeah, so I really... Uh, it's ugly. I do not want to. I... You know, my my joy in starting him is non-existent at best. <laughs> um, but he will be in the back end of QB2 range, which obviously isn't saying too much, considering there's only 32 that start. Uh, yeah, he could, ha- yeah. he could have a good game. It's probably <laughs> it not, happen. though. Yeah, hey, I, I'd re- he'll be in the back end of that QB2 range, so not great. He surprised everyone last year and threw six touchdowns out of nowhere. So True. You never know. It could happen. And it just seems like the most Mitch Trubisky thing ever to have a week coming off of injury for him to actually do something good for us in fantasy. So maybe you get lucky this week. Uh, we shall see. I am probably going to vote no <laughs> on that. Yeah. But as far as any other options here, we talked about Allen Robinson a little bit. So if you missed that, go back and check out uh, the top of the show. We discussed him a little bit. Any other pass catcher at this point, Okada, is essentially irrelevant for fantasy i don't know if you want to add anything else different there but it just gets too much like there's not enough volume for all players there to really succeed you know it's a little bit of taylor gabriel it's a little bit of anthony miller um you know the tight ends are hurt like i don't know what else there is to even add uh as far as analysis there anything that you want to say not really no we kind of uh, projected Tariq cohen for a decent game last week against the rams and he did have one uh, with Montgomery kind of questionable or late at late healthy really coming into that game but I think this goes back to a useless split between the two and I'm not really excited about starting either of them yeah I will pass catchers to your point yes definitely agree on that Tree Cohen is a dart throw I mean you're hoping for a touchdown at that point point. Uh, and David Montgomery again matchup is good I actually feel better about him this week because of the fact that he's another week removed from the ankle injury and reportedly came out of it, you know, without re-injuring it, which is great. So as far as his health is concerned, certainly I feel better about it this week uh, than last week. I think he'll slide in as a back-end RB2 in my rankings. Anything else there, Okada, with the Bears, or can we move on to the another exciting matchup, the Steelers and the Bengals? Oh, let's do it. All right. And moving on. On to... <laughs> no, just kidding. The Steelers, man so so many injuries they may actually roll out the worst group of skill position players the nfl has ever seen Mm. in this game not an exaggeration we have juju dealing with a a concussion and a knee injury he did not practice on wednesday i don't think he plays deontay johnson also dealing with a, a concussion he actually did practice in full today which is great but as we know with these concussions you know it's non-linear so he could have setbacks later in the week We'll see what the practice reports say. James Conner did not practice today. He re-aggravated that AC joint injury last Thursday night. He is looking very questionable for this matchup. So, ah, man, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't want anything to do with any skill position player on the Steelers outside of maybe Jalen Samuels. Uh, what about you? Yeah, it's a mess. Um it's very tempting to look for one of these guys because the Bengals' defense is straight garbage. Uh, but I don't think you can. Um, I think it's probably Samuels, and that's it. I think this offense is going to be so anemic this week that, drumroll please, the <laughs> Bengals get their first win. Oh, there it is. The Bengals against the Steelers. You hear it here first. I actually don't, don't hate that call at all. I mean, the Steelers, like... 
I haven't looked at what their implied uh, total is as far as the Vegas line, but I'd be shocked if it was more than like 18, 19, 20 points, something like that. Yep. Like It's going to be bad, 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 bad on offense, especially given how horrific Mason Rudolph has played. This could be the week, finally, that the James Washington connection actually hits and hits big. I might play him in a couple of DFS lineups. We'll see. But outside of that, man, yeah, no interest for me. And I don't even really honestly want to talk much about Vance McDonald. He's been non-existent uh, for yep. fantasy. Get him out of here. Get out of here, Vance. On the Bengals side of the ball, however, uh, Joe Mixon has seen a very nice resurgence here in the last couple of weeks. He's got at least 17 PPR points in three straight games. He's getting a ton of work, so certainly he warrants uh, RB2 consideration in this matchup against a good defense. But I do think he'll have enough volume to succeed uh, there for sure. Anything that you want to add there on Mixon? No, I think that nails it. He is finally back to being uh, the Mixon that we hoped to see. Uh, hopefully it stays consistent, and despite the fact this is a tough defense, I think it does again in this game. And then with the pass catchers, you know, we'll talk about on Tate real quick. I don't think he is going to play. He had a neck injury and a concussion on Sunday last week. Uh, he's looking very doubtful and will probably miss at least one game. The only other player that we really ever talk about is Tyler Boyd, and man, was that a disappointment last week. And what was a good matchup on paper, he came out, though, and complained about the fact that he didn't get enough targets or, uh, I guess, the right kind of targets as far as the quality. So does the squeaky wheel get the grease in this matchup for Tyler Boyd? I sure hope so, man. His targets have decreased each of the last four weeks, and clearly it's not working for this team. Um... So I, yeah, they've got to go back to him. If if he's their primary and potentially only pass catcher, and they're not throwing him the ball, I don't know what they're doing except potentially purposely trying to lose, which very well may be the case. Uh, <laughs> at this point, yeah, that's certainly one way they could not get their first win this week is if they're trying to not get their first win. Um, but I think he has a bounce back. He had seven plus targets each of the previous five games before last week. I think he gets back up to that range. And has, you know, six, seven catches, 60 to 80 yards, and hopefully gets a score. Probably one of my favorite buy low candidates right now in Dynasty. He yep. was a guy that we were on in the preseason saying, you know, he's, we're not worried as much about Tyler Boyd with AJ Green there or not there. Like he's, he's got enough talent. I know you did a ton of scouting with your, uh, your program you did in the offseason. What was that called again? Scouting Academy. Oh, perfect. The Scouting Academy. Great name. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> Um, and saw some great things on tape. So I'm not giving up hope long-term with Tyler Boyd, but yeah, I'm nervous for this week. We'll see what happens. Man, what are these matchups? The next matchup we're talking about, the Dolphins at the Browns. What a terrible slate of games we have here. Uh, we'll be very quick on this one here. Let's start with the Browns because that's at least a little bit exciting. I put this out on Twitter. If Odell Beckham Jr. does not catch a touchdown in this matchup, Okada, you're gonna have to find a new co-host because I'm done, man. Like the the touchdown regression that is screaming for him after getting tackled at the one yard line last week uh, is through the roof. I'm playing him everywhere in DFS. We don't really need to talk about the matchup too much. I mean, Miami obviously giving it up to everyone at every position this season. Uh, so definitely, Odell Beckham Jr. will be a top ten play for me. Any difference at all for you? No, and I'm honestly happy finally to be able to do this, Bets. I don't know if you remember back in the offseason when we were getting all hyped about the Browns. 
uh, super excited for their future, and this just been complete garbage. I'm going full in on the Browns for this game. The Dolphins are terrible. Give me Nick Chubb. Give me Kareem Hunt. Give me Baker Mayfield. Give me Odell Beckham Jr. Give me Jarvis Landry. Start them all. I expect good production from everyone. Yes, Odell finally gets his touchdown. Probably, you know, 90-plus yards as well. Uh, I think they could all be RB or wide receiver twos or better. Uh, and Baker could easily be QB1. So, yes, please. Please, Browns. Jarvis Landry, revenge game to the yes. max. Let's go. Let's go, Browns. So I, I'm with you. I don't really have much else to add. You're starting your Browns if you have them. On the Dolphins side of the ball, um, man, I, I will say <laughs> this. like The matchup looked way worse a week ago for Ryan Fitzpatrick going up against Miles Garrett and Larry. I don't even know how to say this. Ogunjobi. Ogunjobi. Um, mm-hmm. They lost Morgan Burnett to an Achilles tear, their strong safety. So... It's not quite as scary, but certainly I don't love Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think he's a QB two, you know, if you're in a super flex league. But man, like outside of Devontae Parker, do we even have to talk about this team? No, I think it's Fitzpatrick. Probably actually he'll be a top fifteen guy for me. I like him as a streamer this week. It'll be him and Devontae Parker as a wide receiver two, and that is literally it. Nothing else for me. Yeah. Devontae Parker, man, like sneakily a fantasy MVP candidate because let's go. He was drafted by like four people, one of which was you, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And has been a wide receiver too in fantasy on the worst offense in the league. So it's been really exciting to see that resurgence finally come. Top 15 in air yards. He put up 135 on 10 targets against Tredavious White last week. Um, Maybe Devontae Parker is good after all. We shall see. Before we get into our next matchup here, I just want to remind everyone about our awesome sponsor, FantasyGo.com. These guys are are so fun to work with. They are great. They're putting out awesome uh, product for you all as far as what they offer that no one else does, which is the Uber of fantasy football. You go on their marketplace at FantasyGo.com. You find your favorite analyst, and you basically hire that analyst for a week to help you with any decision you have. Start sit, you know, trade if your, your trade window is still open. Uh, waiver wire claims, etc., and they also have uh, a new mode for DFS players. So if you're hoping to set a DFS lineup with help from one of us, you can search for Matt O, search for Matthew B, uh, and we will help you with those decisions. So check them out, fantasygo.com. All right, Okada, we got four more games here to get to. Let's start with another exciting matchup. This one I'm not being uh, facetious about. <laughs> we have Carolina and New Orleans, uh, a game I'm really excited to watch. For sure, you got another divisional matchup here. On the Saints side of the ball, uh, man, it's just so predictable and it's so easy to talk about. Drew Brees, he's been good you know, in most of his starts. This is one that I think it'll be a little tougher on him because of the fact that uh, Carolina's secondary is pretty good. But Michael Thomas is playing out of his freaking mind. Uh, I think he deserves to be in the MVP conversation, but he won't be because he's not a quarterback. Uh nope. Just setting records left and right, and you know every week it's like a lock for eight or nine catches and at least eighty yards. So that's that's your floor with Thomas. Not much else to say, and I think his play certainly is going to elevate Breeze. One thing that I love about this matchup, and we talked about it with Brian Hill a ton last week, is how beatable this sec, uh, excuse me, this this uh, front seven for Carolina is. I think Alvin Kamara is going to go absolutely insane in this matchup. Yeah, this could probably be one of his best games of the year. I feel like we really haven't seen like a super explosion from Camara, Super Camario. That's right. Uh, as he's called by some. 
I feel like, I don't know if we've really seen that. He was has been one of the biggest touchdown scorers in the league over the cu- last couple of years. And I'm still waiting for like a nice two or three touchdown game with 100 plus yards. I think this could potentially be it. So he's going to be a top three guy for sure at the running back position. Uh, and then, yeah, I think you hit it on Michael Thomas and Drew Brees going to be, I think he's going to be great. I, th- I don't know if the Panthers D is enough to stop who Brees is, what Michael Thomas is playing at this, these days. Alvin Kamara out of the backfield. I think everyone uh, in that trio has a great game. Yeah, and then the only, I think, question mark is probably, is Latavius Murray a flex candidate in this matchup? Again, Carolina is giving it up to running backs, so you're hoping for uh, like eight carries for like 50-ish yards for Murray and maybe finding the end zone. That's what you need to make your week with Murray. Uh, Any interest there as a flex? Uh, And it's going to have to be a second flex probably for me. I don't know. I don't think he'll make it into just like regular flex conversation. Uh, he'll probably be outside my top 25 running backs, maybe in the 25 to 30 range. So he he's worth considering, but I don't feel great. Yep, I've got him at 29. I'm, I'm there with you. Uh, definitely several other players I would prefer uh, over him. Jared Cook is in that tier that we will not even discuss. Yep. Uh, how lucky do you feel, basically, with, with Jared Cook? That's the name of the game there. Uh, on the Panther side of the ball, I would recommend starting Christian McCaffrey. Um, Okada, you take the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I suppose starting Christian McCaffrey is an all right decision. I guess you could you could go that way, you know, if you want. I won't judge you for it. First analyst to say that uh, on a podcast, so you're welcome. Yeah, really unique take. Um, he's disgusting, man. I don't know. He's it's unreal. He's might be the best player in the league right now. Uh, should definitely be in the MVP conversation, even though a quarterback's going to win it. Um. DJ Moore, uh, yeah, I'm going to roll out DJ Moore. Um, Curtis Samuel, I'm probably going to roll him out as a flex to feel you know, not quite as good about that right now. Uh, DJ certainly being more of the target hog these days. 15 last week against the Falcons. Love that. Uh, yeah, so they're both getting out there. Kyle Allen, no thank you. Hashtag never uh, Kyle Allen. Yeah, we, uh, we thought maybe we had something in the beginning of the year with him. And he's been trash. Four interceptions last week, no touchdowns. Not good. So stay away. Other than that, yeah, it's pretty much for Caffrey. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with that. I, I do like uh, DJ Moore a lot this week. You know, like you said, the volume has been there. If he's running his his slot, or excuse me, his routes from in the slot, he's going to definitely dominate PJ Williams for sure, as everyone does. So yes, I like DJ Moore. Obviously, McCaffrey. Outside of that, I'm kind of low on the rest of the pieces there. Greg Olson, you know, certainly in consideration, as he always is, sure. uh, as about a, a tight end 8-10 to 10 type of play every yep. week. All right, on to the Raiders, who are, let's not even, like, bury the lead here, man. The Raiders are going to make the playoffs. I genuinely Looks think like that. It. Yeah. Um, they are surging at the right time. And the matchup over the next three weeks is absolutely ridiculous as far as how easy it is. This week, they're taking on the Jets. Um, let's start with the Raiders. Man, Derek Carr is—he's good for what he does. His upside is certainly lacking. But you look at this matchup, man. The Jets. Ryan Fitzpatrick was quarterback six against them. Gardner Minshew, quarterback six. Daniel Jones, quarterback two. In weeks eight to ten before last week, you know they faced Dwayne Haskins and that did not go well. But 
Derek Carr is good enough, and certainly in that type of caliber of player, as we just mentioned there with Fitzpatrick, Minshew, and Jones, that I'm interested in him as a top 10 play this week. What about you? Yeah, uh, I think so. I think he's going to be a guy who gets a job done pretty much every week. So if you're in the streaming consideration, if your Kyler Murray is on by uh, and you just want you know a nice, solid performance as opposed to maybe a boomer bust type guy, I think Derek Carr is it. I think he's going to be very consistent. Honestly, one of the, I think, probably lowest yards per attempts. Not yards per attempts, air yards per attempt uh, in the entire league. But it lends to a good completion percentage, which lends to his receivers and even running backs uh, who catch the ball getting yardage for him, and it works. So it's not necessarily the prettiest thing. It's certainly not the most explosive thing, but he's a startable asset. Yep, it works for sure. He's the Devin Singletary of quarterback mm. uh, for sure. So he has not had a, a finish greater than quarterback seven, and I think it's two seasons Ooh. for Derek Carr. So you know what you're getting. Like you're getting uh, eight to probably 14, and he'll finish in the ranks at this point. So definitely yep. startable. The upside is not quite there. Uh, however, we do like his pass catchers. Of course, Darren Waller remains a top five play. He broke his slump last week going for over 80 yards receiving. He's fourth at the tight end position in air yards since week six, so you have to keep starting him, obviously, each week. Uh, Tyrell Williams, we had a question today in the Patreon Slack about Juju versus Tyrell, and you and I said, easy, give me Tyrell. Uh, Tell me what you like about Tyrell in this matchup. Yeah, uh, pretty much everything. I think he has a great chance to torch the secondary. Has not been good, Um, and Tyrell has been solid. Very good chance at a big play here. Big play touchdown could be coming in. Um, so, yeah, he'll be in my top, probably top 16 or 17 uh, wide receivers. Yep, I'm with you there. 80 yards and or a touchdown in six of eight games this year. And the Jets' secondary man is getting absolutely torched. So you can definitely start Williams with confidence. Josh Jacobs, this matchup isn't great when you look at the fact that the, the defense here for the Jets, they are giving it up through the air like crazy, but on the ground, they're actually pretty stout. Um, but Jacobs, 17-plus touches in seven straight games. Certainly, you're starting him, but probably not going to be finishing in the top five or six backs for us. Where do you have Jacobs in your initial ranks? He'll be in the top 10, back end of the top 10, I would say, probably around 9 or 10 uh, once things all lock in for me. But, yeah, he's he's an every week starter. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's just a question of how much upside he potentially has. Yep, definitely uh, agree with that. Sam Darnold on the Jets side of the ball has actually looked really good in the last couple of weeks. Five touchdowns and one pick over his last two starts. Uh, the secondary man for Oakland is giving up the fourth most when you talk about yards per attempt at 8.2. So, uh, Darnold, the matchup is correct. He's playing well as of late. The ghosts are not in his vision, um, but I just feel like it's so limited in this his skill set with who he has. Like Jameson Crowder, I think is an every week start without question in PPR formats. Wide receiver thirteen since week six, Ooh. but Robbie Anderson isn't doing anything. Um, and outside of Crowder, like Griffin is a fine play, but you know who else are you going to throw the ball to? So Darnold, I think slides behind Derek Carr for me in my ranks. Um, more of a quarterback to this week type of play in Superflex leagues. Yeah, he'll be a little bit behind Carr for me and will be technically in the QB2 range, but he'll be in the high QB2 range where it's kind of that 
mix that is all streamable. Um, uh, the league, the Superflex League, in which you're in fact in, that I'm starting Mitchell Trubisky in my Superflex. I'm starting Sam Darnold in my quarterback spot. Uh, Mahomes <laughs> is my QB in that league, and he's on bye. So it is an interesting week of quarterbacks for me, and I'm hoping for the best. Uh, be but, a fun ride. <laughs> yeah, certainly I feel more confident about Darnold. I think he can have a solid game. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I don't even think we have to really talk about Crowder. He's been so good. He's a lock. Uh, when you look at the tight end, though, Ryan Griffin, we talked about it earlier as a, a name game, a start-sit decision with other players like Cameron Bray. I'm going to have Ryan Griffin ranked pretty aggressively this week. My initial ranks have him at eight. I probably will move him up a couple spots, though. Man, Oakland can get you know beat up pretty easily in the middle of the field. Their linebackers are, are straight trash. And Griffin has actually been really good for fantasy when he's been out there without Chris Herndon, which has been every stinking game this season except for one. So uh, I like Ryan Griffin this week. Anything more to add there? No, I think that's pretty much the right range for me too. I think I'll have him in six or eight. He's he's ahead of the polished third tier, which is about as good a compliment as you can give a tight end in fantasy these days. Yeah, nowadays that's that's pretty good. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, you are starting. Uh, anything else there with Bell? Nope. He's... As disappointing as I expected him to be, but he's still going to be rolling out there as a back-end RB2 just because of the volume. Yes, definitely agree. The Seahawks taking on the Eagles on the road. Um, hey, by the way, congrats. That was a very boring game to watch between our teams last <laughs> week. Uh, the True. Patriots pulled it out with the Julian Edelman touchdown pass. Not a catch, a pass. Yep. Um, Beautiful yeah. pass, by the way. It was. Ugly, ugly, ugly game. Um, but Russell Wilson rolls into town with one of the best offenses in the league. There's no question Russell Wilson is a top three play for me this week, and certainly I love Tyler Lockett. Anything more to add on those two guys before we move on to other positions? Uh, no. There is there a little bit of Tyler Lockett health concern, or do you feel fully confident for him? I do actually feel really confident in him. Uh, the bruise that he was dealing with from two weeks ago was really, you know, everything I read was minor about it, saying that he should be fine after the bye. So we'll see what happens as they progress this week. Now, as of this recording, it's about 545 on the East Coast. We don't have the official practice report from the Seahawks yet for Wednesday, but we'll talk about him on the Patreon show on Friday. Yeah, uh, definitely going to roll him out there as long as he's starting. Also happy to roll DK Metcalf out there uh, either way. And agree, Russell's going to be in the top three for me. Chris Carson is an every-week lock. His volume is so secure. He remains a top-10 play, even against a tough Philly defense there on the ground. So, uh, again, temper expectations this week, but how can you sit him? He's been so freaking good for fantasy. On the Philly side of the ball, man, it is an uninspiring offense, and I have no uh, hesitation saying that as a fan. It's tough to watch when Jordan Matthews plays 85% of the offensive snaps uh, for your team. Updates on injuries. We got to talk about Jordan Howard and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey was a, a DNP on practice in practice today, so I don't know that he plays. We'll see what happens there. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain. When you look at Jordan Howard, he was also on the sidelines today, so um, unclear if he does play. Man, I dude, I don't even know what else to say. Like this offense is so inspiring. Who do you want to talk about? Because I'm I'm fed up with this team. Um, 
uh, I don't really want to talk about much of anyone, but I will say I feel better about uh, several players in the passing game than I normally would in a given week for the Eagles. The Seahawks, I think, can be beaten through the air. They're actually giving up the ninth most fantasy points at tight end, so I think both Ertz and Goddard are potential starters uh, or flexers, however you want to see that. Um, I think Wentz could have a little bit of a bounce back game after a not great game against the Patriots, which of course was expected. It's the Patriots. Um, Aguilar is going to get targets. Whether he catches them is another question. So shots fired. Yeah. Uh, but I think that, I think that pretty much all three, four of those guys, including the quarterback, uh, I'm willing to consider in a starting lineup this week. (laughs) That's so uninspiring. (laughs) I'm willing to consider starting them. I'm, I'm I mean, Ertz is locked in. It'll give him that. Everyone else is good consideration. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I think I'll probably have Wentz somewhere around uh, the high-end QB2 range, you know, 13, 14, 15 in that, in that range for sure. But, yeah, it's, he doesn't have the, the perimeter guy. Like, this offense needs that. So if Alshon's out, I will definitely move him down. I like Goddard a lot if Alshon is out again. Those two tight ends are the top two receiving options there for this team. Our uh, go ahead. Our next gen team did a really fun stat this week, bets that I just thought I would share. Uh, on deep on deep passes this season, Tyler Lockett has more of every receiving stat than the entire Eagles team, and the only Eagles wide receiver deep touchdowns were Deshaun Jackson back in Week One. They have not had a single one since he went out with injury. So Ugh. really rough. Cool. Yeah, no, thanks for ruining the day, Okada. You're welcome. Nice. <laughs> As I watch Tyler Lockett catch a deep bomb on Sunday, I will think of that yes. stat and cry. Um, as the running back position, if Jordan Howard doesn't go, maybe we see a little bit more of Jay Ajayi sprinkled in, who was signed off the street on Friday, did not play a single snap. But this is Miles Sanders' backfield until further notice with Jordan Howard out. But, man, I don't know if it matters. Like, Doug Peterson doesn't know how to use this guy. It was four touches in the second half in a game where he looked really good and was pretty effective in the first half against the Patriots last week. Any interest in Miles Sanders? Um, A little bit, yes. Uh, he's had bad, tough matchups in the last few games that they've played and has still you know, looked okay when he's gotten the ball. Um, so in this, what I expect to be a little bit, a little bit easier matchup, I think he can be... Above average. I think he's going to be a back-end RB2 for me. All right. On to the last game here on the dock, uh, and then we will preview the other matchups, the 4 o'clock Sunday Night Football and Monday Night Football games on our Patreon show. We're talking about the Lions and the Redskins, and we are going to be very quick with this one. Saving the best for last, best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am very excited about this. Um Man, I don't even know where to start. There's no Redskins player that you can start, in my opinion, outside of Terry McLaurin. Anything else from you? Um, No. That is it. It is a massive three-way timeshare for the Redskins. I looked up the stats real quick before we started, and it was just laughable. Adrian Peterson led the team in uh, touches. Wendell Smallwood led the team in snaps, which is ridiculous. <laughs> And Darius Geis <laughs> led the team in production as far as yardage. So what is um, happening? Yeah, what is what is there to say? Don't start any of those guys unless you're absolutely desperate and hoping for uh, a prayer 
On the Lions' side of the ball, Jeff Driscoll appears to start again as Matthew Stafford comes back from his uh, lower back fractures. We will see what happens later in the week. But with Driscoll, man, the, the offense is it's okay. There's not as much upside, obviously, and I think it's affected the pass catchers there for sure. And actually, on the year, Marvin Jones is finishing with more fantasy points than Kenny Galladay. Are you willing to start both those guys, though, even if Driscoll does play? Uh, yes, I am. Um, certainly, Marvin, the touchdowns have helped massively with that fantasy total. He has been racking up touchdowns. I think he has a great chance of getting another one. But I'm going to start both of them, and I'm going to start Jeff Driscoll bets. And not only might he be my start of the week, there's a good chance he cracks like my top six. Um, because he's actually looked pretty solid throwing the ball. And what we saw him do on the ground last week, 51 yards and a touchdown, excuse me. Um, he's like Josh Allen, but maybe better. <laughs> and the Redskins oh, defense, no. I mean, for <laughs> fantasy, he has looked quite good in these, in these couple games and the Redskins defense is awful. And the Cowboys defense, by the way, who he played last week and had a great game is very strong. So yes. give me some Jeff Driscoll, man. I don't know. I, uh, he's going to be really highly ranked for me. Hey, I'm playing him in a super flex league. So I hope you're right. I'm a little jaded after last week. I, I I threw some money on the over on his passing yards, and he was three yards short. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm a little jaded. Just, yeah, the passing yards were not great, but the two touchdowns plus 51 and one on the ground yes. made it viable overall. So I think he's startable. All right, Bo Scarborough. Um, what is happening? <laughs> what is happening? I don't happening? know, man. Oh, this... Man, I miss on Johnson so bad. Just... Yes. Just for the clarity, at least. Like, what is this situation? That was Bo Scarborough's first NFL game, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> uh, he was drafted last year uh, by the Cowboys, got cut, and now he's just shown up and had 55 yards and a touchdown for the Lions last week. Sure, man. Throw him out there. I mean, the Redskins are trash. The Lions are going to win this game. Why not? If this is the guy they're going to give carries... Uh, he's going to be, he's not an RB2, I don't think, but he's going to be a flex play for me. Uh, someone I might throw into a DFS line. That depend, well, if I play DFS, depending <laughs> on how cheap he is. Which I do not. Yes. Yeah, if uh, if the listeners are unaware, Okada is not allowed to play DFS because of his job. Uh, so I play all the DFS and make the money for the podcast. See? Um, yeah, man, let's end on Bo Scarborough. What a day. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, that is the end of today's show. If you stuck around for that, you know, blazing Bo Scarborough analysis, thank you so much. Um, Okada, anything else to add before we close out the show? Um, not to these games or uh, to, or today's episode, but I will say, if you guys aren't in the Patreon, you should be in it because the primetime games this week uh, and the four o'clock games, well, the four o'clock and primetime games are sweet cowboys mm -hmm. patriots packers 49ers ravens rams oh my goodness we could probably do a whole podcast on each of those games and the patreon pod we will preview all three plus jacksonville tennessee lovely divisional matchup uh it's a really fun show so check out our patreon uh pop right in there we are doing a promo bets for our Ooh. patreon yeah uh, heading into the December uh, holiday season, if you sign up 
for our Patreon, we will give you December free. That's right. And all of our current patrons are getting December free. So there is absolutely no reason not to try it out in December. Just pop right in. See if you like it. Uh, join the chat. We have all kinds of fun conversations in there. Talk about trades, uh, waiver ads, who do we start, things like that with, with all our patrons. So it's really fun. Um, and then you get access to the Patreon pod, which is basically a whole extra 45 minutes of Bets and I uh, talking about matchups and playing fun games. And it's just, listen, you know, I love the standard pod. I love all our, you know, standard listeners. There's a lot more of the standard listeners than the patrons, but the Patreon pod is my favorite pod of the week. I yeah. can't, I can't lie. Yeah, we're a little less structured on that pod, so it's it's more free flowing. It's a little more fun, um, and we record on Friday nights. So Okada is getting ready for the weekend. I'm already into the weekend. Uh, it's a blast. So check it out, Patreon.com/slash/RedshirtsPod. And like Okada said, you get it for free in December. Uh, we are in the holiday spirit a little early this year, so check it out. Uh, we will reimburse you if you have questions about that. DM us on Twitter. You can find our handle at RedshirtsFFPod. We're happy to give you more details and discuss. But on that note, we will see you on the Patreon show. We record that on Friday. It releases Saturday morning. And we will see you on the Patreon chat once you join. Go do it. Until next time, we are the Redshirts. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Redshirts Fantasy Football Podcast. Hit us up on Twitter at RedShirtsFFPod and check out our website, RedShirtsFantasyFootball.com.